Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, February 5th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York Tri-State area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Ben Oppenheimer. And I'm Liam Dahlborn. And here's today's headlines. New York City is distributing prepaid debit cards to migrant families. It's part of a new pilot program to help migrants buy food and baby supplies at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, and convenience stores. For now, the prepaid debit cards will be supplied to 500 migrant families with children. The cards will replace New York City's current system of providing non-perishable food boxes to migrant families staying in hotels. According to Mayor Eric Adams' office, the program is being launched to save money. The migrants who receive the cards will be required to sign an affidavit. That'll ensure families only use the cards for their intended purposes. New York City is expanding benefits and increasing salaries for non-unionized government employees. This comes as City Hall is struggling to retain its workforce. The new benefits package includes paid family leave, paying out retroactive raises, and a $3,000 bonus. They'll also get up to 12 weeks of paid time off to care for a sick family member, and compensated leave is being doubled to 12 weeks. But the employees set to receive all these benefits are mostly in management. According to Politico, the new benefits and pay will apply to more than 10,000 city workers. Young gamers can now explore a new pop-up exhibit in Harlem. The Harlem Gallery of Science is giving students, parents, and teachers a chance to learn more about the opportunities in New York City's booming video game industry. Gallery President Stan Altman says the goal of the exhibition is to get more young people of color into technology fields, especially the video game industry. Visitors can come to play video games, hear from game designers, and learn about character creation and other aspects of game making. The exhibit is open to the public through March 30th. Big news for soccer fans. FIFA has announced that MetLife Stadium in New Jersey will host the final match of the 2026 World Cup. It will be the first time the tournament is staged across three host nations, including the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. The match played at the stadium will mark the end of the tournament that will see a total of 104 matches. And the 80,000-plus capacity stadium will be officially referred to as the New York-New Jersey Stadium. That's to comply with FIFA's policy against non-sponsor corporate names. Moving on, Taylor Swift made history last night at the Grammys. The pop star racked up her fourth Album of the Year award for her album Midnight's. She becomes the first artist to ever win Best Album four times. Miley Cyrus also won the first Grammy of her career for her hit song, Flowers. We'll have a full Grammys recap tomorrow with WFUV's Jaya Joyce, so be sure to tune in. Some venues in New York City are taking cuts from artists' merchandise sales, making it harder for smaller artists to go on tour. WFUV's Rosie Linz talks to musicians who have experienced this firsthand, as well as an organization who's working to solve this issue. Every artist dreams of going on tour, but that dream can be extremely expensive, especially for smaller artists. They're spending money on the place to perform, the equipment, the travel, and even the merchandise they're going to sell. But all the money fans spend on a t-shirt or a tote bag might not be making it back to the artist. That's because some venues take a cut of the profits from their merchandise. It feels like you're being fleeced by like a cop. It's so, so strange um, and confusing. 
That's Julia Steiner, an indie musician in the band Rat Boys out of Chicago. She says the merch cuts first came around when some venues opened up to minors and had to stop selling alcohol. So they needed a different way to make money during the show. That idea is really nice and in theory, um, but then venues kind of co-opted that and just used it as a way to like boost their bottom line. If that $100 is truly going to make or break the venue's um, you know, life like staying open or not, then let's find a way to make that $100 built into the agreement beforehand. According to the music website Pitchfork, the reason some venues take a percentage of merchandise sales comes down to taxes. Venues get in trouble if a band doesn't pay the taxes that the state requires. So venues sell the merch to make sure this isn't something that they have to worry about. Michael Horelia is another singer in the New York City-based rock band Blonde Otter. The five-member band formed at Fordham University. Six years later, they're still together and still performing around the city. Michael says playing at gigs gets expensive, but he appreciates the venues that don't take a share of their merch money. You know, there's just a little more good faith with those venues that don't take a cut because it feels like they're really trying to support the independent artist as opposed to uh, capitalize on them. So to combat merch losses, the United Musicians and Allied Workers have created a campaign to push back on these cuts. Joey Leneve de Francesco is a founder of Yuma. He says his movement is still in its first stages, but it's growing. We have musicians reaching out to local venues all over uh, North America to ask them to sign onto a pledge um, that they don't take merch cuts and never will take merch cuts. So we have around 200 venues who have signed on to this pledge. Leneva Dan Francesco says that the pledge is voluntary, but Yuma wants more venues to do the right thing by artists. And he says that he also hopes fans will stand in solidarity with their favorite musicians. Well, we've already made a lot of good progress, and that's going to mean more money in pockets of artists. It's going to mean cheaper merch for fans who do want to buy that stuff. And it's going to mean, you know, a healthier uh, music ecosystem for workers. Euralia encourages artists to keep talking about the issue to help make the change. It can only help grow the artist more um, without these merch cuts. Um, every bit of income into an independent artist's pocket matters. I reached out to a few of the New York City-based venues who have pledged to the campaign and to those who haven't, but none of them replied to my calls for comment. There's more information on the My Merch campaign at weareumaw.org. I'm Rosie Lenz, WFUV News. That was WFUV's Rosie Lenz talking about merchandise cuts and the My Merch campaign. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for the latest news, exclusive interviews, and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Ben Oppenheimer. And I'm Liam Dahlborn. And that's What's What.